From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now here's your host, Matt Andrews. Greetings and welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Here on the Ohio News Network, we go back to last week. And it may be painful for some of you all to revisit Ohio State's 30-24 to loss to Michigan. However, this man covered the game. He was there on the sidelines. We want to get his perspective. He happened to used to work up northwest Ohio. So we'll really get a perspective from Dave Holmes. Thank you, sir. And how was the experience? You did a great job. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, I love it. And, you know, I know I've been in Ohio for most of my life, lived in Ohio. But like you said, I used to work in Toledo. So when I was up in Toledo, I covered Michigan as much as Ohio State. You're much closer to Ann Arbor. And although Ohio State fans don't love that place, it's a great amphitheater. The single bowl, the single tunnel. I love the atmosphere up there. For me, it was a a once-in-a-lifetime thing to be on the sidelines during the game. And I know it's not the result a lot of fans wanted, but I loved it. I thought it was a great atmosphere. A little bit of lightheartedness here because I've been there a couple times working. Mm -hmm. And in that role, I've been told multiple times by people in command on the sideline and those that don't even have a really a, a saying where you are behind the yellow line. And I know we've seen some stuff on social media. Did you find that at all to be a amusing and be just so trivial? Yeah, it's interesting because Michigan, I, I don't know. They, they don't say no as far as field passes go, apparently, because that sideline, oh. that sideline is packed. I mean, there are 200 players and about 600 people just standing around. And I don't know if these are all recruits or VIPs, but it's hard to even find a line of sight at times. So yeah, when people kind of try to shush you back, I'm like, buddy, I mean, there's only so many places to stand here. You guys let this thing go at about 180% capacity. Uh, yeah, you just kind of try to find the first line of sight you can. X's and O's. Your first reaction, and now a few days later, as this airs the next weekend, what what are you feeling, Dave? Well, I'm disappointed in a few things. I thought the defense was fixed this year. They were better. And last year, they gave up five plays for seven, or 349 yards and five scores. They didn't give that up this time. They didn't give up the big plays. But five yards at a time can be equally as gashing. And for me, the biggest disappointment was the defense not getting off the field that final drive, just letting them tick, 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 first down after first down. I really believe that if the defense gets off the field one first down sooner, the Buckeyes get it back with two and a half minutes to play, not a minute six. That's a big difference, and that could have shifted the whole game. The other thing I was disappointed in, and and I asked Ryan Day after the game about Kyle McCord, and he was a little put off, I think, because he understands that the narrative is going to be Kyle McCord lost that game. That's the narrative. People are upset with the quarterback, like they normally are, quarterbacks and head coaches. But Ryan Day seemed more disappointed by the total lack of running game. And I'm there with him, because since Travion Henderson came back healthy against Wisconsin, he averaged 166 all-purpose yards a game. And then when it mattered most, the running game was back to 2.2, 2.3. I mean, it was just... Kyle had a lot of second and eights, and he was getting used to second and threes. And I think that makes a difference. Is that an offensive line product? I think it's definitely part line. I don't think Trey was as assertive, quick on his decision-making and cuts as he was, but a lot of that can be attributed to Rutgers not being Michigan. And Michigan's the best defense in the country. They showed it. So I think that's part of it. Um, But yeah, the offensive line all year. The running game wasn't efficient this entire year. And I know early in the year they tried... Chip Trainum and, and Dallin Hayden, they were trying to protect his red shirt. It didn't really seem like no matter who they put in there, this offense struggled to get five yards of carry. And that's become such a staple of this team really since Trestle took over. Um, not the discount coop. I mean, goodness, Eddie George and all those teams too. They've just always had such good running games. And, you know, this year they just didn't find it all season. Dave, 
from watching the game, it appeared, though, that when they put train him in the game to run, mm-hmm. he ran a little bit harder than we've even seen him to this point. I thought Chip, I want to say it was the first or second game of the year where people were almost calling for Chip to get more action when he looked great. Then he really plateaued for quite some time. I thought he was really assertive. He looked like he had juice. I don't know if he was well-rested, if he was just seeing the holes quicker. But he did give them a little more explosiveness. And it's weird because Trey was the entire rock of this offense the last month. And then he just didn't have it. Now, I will say this, being on the sideline, he hurt his ankle. And he came off, and he was running in place, and they were giving him a heavy tape job on his right ankle. So we don't know what he was dealing with. Because healthy Trey Henderson, as we've seen freshman year and, and the last month, is a top five running back in the country. But injured Trey Henderson, when, you, when you're a speed back and you suddenly don't have the burst, you know, that's a big difference. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. It's Sunday Night Football on the Fan. Catch the Chiefs as they head to Green Bay to battle the Packers. Live coverage starts Sunday after Buckeye Basketball. Sponsored by Roosters. A fun casual joint. Your radio home of the NFL. The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Now more of my conversation with WBNS 10 TV's Dave Holmes. Dave Holmes of WBNS 10 TV in Columbus is our guest. He was on the sideline for the radio network in the game Ohio State-Michigan. Let me ask you, you mentioned Kyle McCord. Where do they go with a quarterback situation? Is that the million-dollar question? Yeah. Or maybe multi-million-dollar question? Yeah, I think it's going to be multi-million-dollar question. I Now that we have free agency in college football, every quarterback in the country is is under the microscope as far as Ryan Day is concerned. We saw what Justin Fields could do. When they thought they had Tate Martell, they thought they had their guy. And then when Justin Fields became an option, he became their guy quickly. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Buckeyes be fairly aggressive in the portal. I don't know if they feel good enough about Lincoln or if they feel good enough about Devin Brown. I think it's 50-50 that the starting quarterback next year is even on this roster right now. I really do think so. Ryan's feeling enough heat. I think he knows you cannot keep losing to this team. That's three in a row now. Um, We can talk about the last two, you know, how relevant or rather, you know, how legitimate they were. But this was a fair and square win. Give Michigan credit. They played better. And, And I just think Kyle McCord showed what he is, which is a solid quarterback who doesn't elevate his teammates enough, and I just think they might look for something else. Marvin Harrison Jr., we hear this week of Michigan players talking about how tough he was or how soft he was. I didn't ever get that vibe in that game from afar or on the year. This is going to go down as one of the greatest receivers to ever play here. Was It appeared he was just completely physically and emotionally beat when this thing was over. He was. So they doubled him more than just about any team has all year. So clearly, Michigan said, we think we're good enough to play 10 and 9 on your other guys, and we're just going to try to take Marvin out of it. After the final play, he just sat on the ground for about 30 seconds. A ref came over, put his hand out, and, and Marvin just stared at him. Didn't even try to get up. And the ref eventually walked away. And I, I talked to Marvin for the radio after the game, and I I referenced that. I said, I saw you. You didn't even want to stand up at the end. What was going through your mind? And he said, just so many emotions, man. He said, I'm just, everything we work all year was for this game and to lose it. And I think, it, let me speculate on what he really was thinking because I don't think he was going to tell me. I think what he was thinking is, I'm graduating and I'm never going to beat these guys. Now, graduating from a football sense. I think we all know Marvin's going pro. And I think he was probably sitting there thinking, 
I will never once know what it's like to beat Michigan. And that, I don't care. He's going to go make 50, 100, 200 million dollars in the NFL over the course of his career. But there's going to be a part of him that's always going to know he didn't beat Michigan, and that's going to drive him crazy. Two things on that, and I jotted this down as a note to bring up with you. It appeared to me yesterday, as I'm wallowing in this before we tape, that two of the greatest position players at their respective positions in Ohio State history, the last two years, C.J. Stroud, and we've seen him now for three years, Marvin Harrison Jr., will never have a pair of gold pants. Yeah. That's a legacy, right? Unfortunately for them. It is. It's a negative legacy. And if C.J. Stroud wins those Michigan games, now that we see C.J. as a legitimate, forget rookie of the year, that thing is already in his trophy case, a legitimate MVP candidate. I think he's top three right now with Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Now I think Buckeye fans are looking at C.J. a little more fondly than they did the last two years because they're seeing the talent. But it, it is, on their college career, going to be an indictment that they never beat Michigan. And you're right. CJ's probably from an arm talent standpoint. I think he's probably the best quarterback that ever came through here. Maybe not from a stats legacy. You can certainly make the case for Troy Smith. You can make the longevity of JT Barrett, the high end of Justin Fields. There's a lot of cases to be made, but I think just from an arm talent accuracy, he might've been the best passer that this school's ever seen. And he didn't be Michigan. Marvin Harrison jr. In a school that has turned out receivers like no one else. He's probably at the top of that list, at least from talent wise. And he didn't beat Michigan. So yeah, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow, and I think it's why whenever they discuss the all-time greats of this school, those guys will probably be left out, whether that's fair or not. Marvin Harrison Jr., I thought for almost all of this year, get your take on this, and I thought for even a little bit of last year and the years leading up to, this guy is coming and following his dad and wants nothing more in his football career than to be it that Hall of Fame jacket situation when his career has ended. Do you see that as the way his mentality was through his college time? Yeah, I think he's obsessed with with being great. And anytime you have a guy with pedigree, it's good. A guy with talent is great. A guy with work ethic is awesome, but he has all of it. So he has everything you need. To me, he's the most can't-miss prospect probably in my 16 years covering Ohio State football. I I just see no path to failing. And I thought C.J. Stroud had a path to failing. I thought other guys, I could at least see where it could go wrong. Um, I see no way it can go wrong for Marvin. He's just, he's a physical freak. He's a work ethic guy. He's got the pedigree. He's got the intelligence. Uh, He can't fail at the NFL level. He really can't. More of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Hey, folks, it's game day, and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. 
Adding a podiatrist to your healthcare team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our one affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from the Ohio News Network. November is an ideal month to plant trees in Ohio because the soil is still warm, which reduces the transplant stress. Plus, trees require less water in November than in the heat of the summer, allowing roots to grow in the cooler temperatures. When planting trees, keep these tips in mind. Select trees that are zone-hardy for where you plan to plant. Avoid planting trees that produce slip hazards, like fruits and nuts close to sidewalks. And don't plant large trees near or under utility lines. To learn more about the November tree planting, contact an ISA-certified arborist near you by going to trees4ohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000. Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614-470-2000. That's 614-470-2000. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. A few more minutes with Dave Holmes, Ohio State, uh, covering Ohio State. He's with WBNS 10 TV in Columbus. You've done uh, Ryan Day's Coaches Show for multiple years now. You're you're in that every every week. You know, Ryan, you and your cohorts are around him more than most of us now. And in that situation, this will affect him, right? Yeah. Um, Ryan's in an interesting place mentally here because he does to say he doesn't like Harbaugh is a massive understatement. That guy is so far under his skin. And the question is, is Harbaugh in his head now, too? And, and that third base comment and then. The alleged comments that happened on a conference call, Ryan Day say we're going to hang 100 on him. Then Michigan either, depending on how you looked at it, ducked the Buckeyes or didn't play because of COVID. I know people feel passionately on both sides of that. You know, he can't stand that program. And Ryan is about as as nice of a guy as you'll ever meet with his level of status in college sports. He's the guy you want to succeed because you want him to stay in your program because you like talking to a nice guy. And he was so gracious after the loss in talking to us. And he wants it so badly. And it's tough because we talk about legacy of Stroud and Marvin. Ryan is his legacy on just three or four plays could be so different. I mean, if a kick goes in against Georgia, if Michigan does play them in 2021, if, you know, if maybe they make a play or that touchdown call is overturned again in Ann Arbor, there are so many ways that Ryan could have the Clemson game. My goodness, he he had a ten play parlay with calls, turnovers, plays that ha- every play went against him in Clemson. That was a championship team with Justin Fields. Ryan Day is so close to being a one or two time national championship coach, and people want a statue built of him. But because it didn't go his way, now he's probably on the hot seat next year back at home. 
you can't lose four in a row. You can't start graduating in entire classes that lose to Michigan. So I feel for him because I think mentally he's spent right now. He puts so much into this as he does every year, and he's losing his mind over this game for sure. Dave, a couple other things stick out to me about the game. The drop by Emeka Ibuka on the first drive. Mm-hmm. I felt like whether that goes for a first down or whether that goes for a touchdown, that was kind of indicative of the game. That was a great opportunity. And in a game where Michigan made no mistakes, that was a mistake. Yeah. It, and it's why I have a tough time always judging quarterbacks and head coaches the way we do. Because if Emeka catches that and goes 15 yards and the Buckeyes score on the opening drive and everything could be different. And we look at Kyle McCord differently, and we certainly look at Ryan Day differently. Ryan Day didn't drop that ball. Ryan Day didn't miss the kick at the end of the half. Ryan Day didn't stop you know, the Wolverines on that final drive. He didn't throw two picks. But it always comes back on him in the end. But yeah, the Emeka play was just an uncharacteristic mistake. And he had... Emeka's an interesting guy because we all assume he's gone after this year because he's been a first-round grade the last three years. But he did nothing this year. A lot of that is not his fault. He could improve his stock. He could. I agree. A lot of that is not his fault because he was hurt. But even when he played, he was a 45-yard-a-game kind of guy. And he could come back and maybe have that Jackson Smith and Jigba type season or a Garrett Wilson get him a 1,300-yard season, and then maybe he's the consensus number one overall player. He's the kind of guy in the NIL world that I'm trying to sell him on the fact of, hey, man, what would you rather do? Go late second or early second round and and, and you get $8 million or... Or we can get you two or three, you come back, and then next year you get 25 or 30 mil. I think that's the NIL case you have to make to him. It's a great point. I want to ask you about one more thing about the defense. Clearly, Tommy Eichenberg, who this week named best linebacker in the Big Ten, first team all-conference, was not healthy. Mm-mm. Was it obvious from the sideline? Yeah, I just thought there was a few times where he just let guys go out of weak arm tackles that he doesn't let them get away, trying to chase guys down that he didn't make the play. You know, he's been so good in the heart and soul of that defense for two years now. Um, I felt bad for him because it just didn't look like himself. And Tommy's not going to be the kind of guy who comes out and says, yeah, I didn't have a good game. I was hurt. He's never going to say that. But he was held out the last two weeks. And Ryan Day said that there was a heated text exchange because Tommy wanted to play in senior day against Minnesota, and he didn't. Tommy thought he was good the week before, but that's because he's you know an old-school linebacker who they always think they can play. But he didn't look like himself against Michigan, and they needed him to be himself, especially in that second half. They were really good against the run in the first half. And at the half, I thought, Buckeyes have a good chance of winning this because Michigan can't move the ball on the ground. And then that fourth quarter, man, that final drive, it was like four yards, six yards, five yards, seven yards, six yards. I mean, they just could not get second and long. Let's say this team is headed without a, a college football playoff berth and maybe to the Orange Bowl, maybe to the Cotton Bowl. They're going to have, what, a half dozen guys that won't play just to yeah. guess? Would you believe that? Yeah, I think it's going to look like if they go to the Orange Bowl and face Louisville, which certainly seems like the most likely. There are some other routes there, but that looks like the most likely. It's going to feel like a spring game squad. And I know fans are going to get really angry. I, the worst Twitter all year is bowl game opt-out Twitter. Because every fan is going to say, how dare you, the brotherhood, you, you know, you left your teammates. I don't think the other players look at it like that because I think the guys behind them think, now this is my time. Remember when Marvin Harrison played the Rose Bowl a couple years ago and had those touchdowns against Washington. That was how we found out about him. This is your first chance you know, to get a look at some of these young guys. If you're mad that your guy hasn't been playing more snaps, he's about to. And if I'm Ohio State, I treat this as my first chance to analyze what we have for next year and try not to 
be too frustrated about it when Marvin Harrison Jr. inevitably opts out of this game. I don't see any reason he's playing in this game. Now, who knows? I'm not inside the emotions of people. I know Chris Olave was really on the fence about playing. Maybe someone like Marvin is going to say, I will not let my last image be me sitting on a field in Ann Arbor. Maybe. But I think everyone who cares about Marvin is going to get in his ear and say, yeah, you are, because we got too much at stake. Finally, I'm not going to ask you what, but will there be changes you believe in this coaching staff? I think so. And, and the thing is, I don't even know what it will be. I just think as long as you keep ending the season like this, I just think they're going to try to find the right combination. Great job at Ann Arbor. We love your work here. Good job on the Coaches Show. Thanks for your time, Dave. Thank you, Matty. Dave Holmes on the Ohio Sports Magazine. Check him out, 10 TV in Columbus. We'll have more in a moment here on the Ohio News Network. Chris Holtman's Buckeyes are back at the shot for a Big Ten matchup with Minnesota. Live fan coverage starts Sunday at 5.30 with the tip at 6.30. Proud to be your home for Buckeye basketball. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's check in on Cleveland. Eric Reeser joins us from the Ohio News Network. Talking with Tyvis Powell, national champion defensive back at The Ohio State University, former safety in the NFL, a current analyst on the Cleveland Browns radio network. You can hear him on ONN affiliate WBNS FM in Columbus, and you can see him Saturdays on the Big Ten Network's Big Ten tailgate. Tyvis, as of this recording, the Browns are still waiting on Dorian Thompson-Robinson to clear concussion protocol as they've named Joe Flacco QB2 entering their Week 13 game against the Rams in Los Angeles. Do you think Kevin Stefanski should have named Flacco the starter earlier in the week rather than waiting for DTR's concussion results? Well, I think that the Browns really want to finish this season with DTR because, I mean, at the end of this year, it's only two quarterbacks are still going to be on the roster. That's Deshaun Watson and DTR. So you want to make sure that he's ready and you can get him all the reps. But I don't know if he's going to clear concussion protocol. You know how hard it is to get that done in today's NFL so I think that pretty much going without saying, they naming Joe Flacco the starter so he can be ready and prepare himself that way, which he's a pro. He's going to do that anyway. But just in case DTR clears today or maybe tomorrow, maybe you know you could still have him. You can still get DTR in there. Tyvis, along with the injuries to the quarterback, uh, several Browns defenders are dealing with injuries, including Miles Garrett. Uh, he'll likely play against the Rams, but how effective do you expect him to be with that injured shoulder? That's the thing. When you watch Miles late in that game, you know, he took a bunch of reps off. You know, he usually, Miles is always on the field, but he took plays off because that shoulder was bothering him. And last year, you know, when he had the car accident, he wasn't, he wasn't the same guy. I don't think he's the 13 sacks a game guy. But I also think that just him being out there, his presence as an offensive coordinator, you have to respect him, even though he might be banged up. You still don't want to run the risk of just leaving him single block. So I think he still will require a lot of attention, which ultimately helps the rest of that D-line. I think everybody else, it's time for everybody else to start pulling their own weight on that line, though. Tyvis, how confident are you the Browns, the most injured team in the NFL up to this point, can actually make the playoffs? You know, <laughs> I think that they've come too far not to make it. You you got to win at least three games out of what six left. Five, yeah, six left. They they have to. They got to. They're going to be hobbling across that finish line. But I think that the goal this year for them is to make the the suit the playoffs. I don't think I think the Super Bowl thing might be done. 
But the playoffs, you need to win three. You got a pretty favorable schedule still ahead of you. They have to find a way to get there. All right, let's talk a little college ball. My guest is Tyvis Powell, a national champion defensive back at the Ohio State University. So this does feel a little bit of ripping the Band-Aid off. But uh, how are you feeling about one week removed from Ohio State's six-point loss at Michigan? Uh, you know, I, I'm a realist. <laughs> you know, I, the, first of all, the better team won that day. You know, and that's that's just what it is. That's college football. You know, and you know the thing about it is, I look at how everybody's upset about it, and you should be. You know, and, and I don't know if I would go to say that. You know, the fire Ryan Day would be the answer. That's not where I'm at because if you think about this. Next year, it goes to 12 teams. Whether they win or lose that game, they still have a potential to be in it every year. However, that game, they have to find a way to realize that how important that game is. You know, I've talked to a couple of guys that's in that building as far as coaching staff-wise, and they, they understand it, but you got to find a way to get your players to see it. And that's the challenge. I think that, you know, me being – the first thing I like to do is look myself in the mirror. You know, maybe during that, that week next year, maybe just me and a bunch of a former uh, Buckeyes need to go up there and just hang around the building so these guys fully understand how serious this game is. Tyvis, the transfer portal opens Monday, December 4th, and there have been reports that you're going to see more than 600 football players enter the portal, which is an astounding number. What are your thoughts on where things have gotten real quick with that portal, and what would be your advice to a player thinking about popping into the portal? First of all, I despise the portal because I think it's I think it eliminates competition. I think people I think kids today run away from competition and I, I'm not a fan of that. However, I some situations I understand it. You know, if you're a, a junior or a senior and you've been at a program and you've given it everything you had and it's just guys that's better than you, then I understand you need to just you need to transfer because if you want to make it to the next level, it's about getting on the field and getting taped. So I get it from that aspect. However, I would say that people need to make sure that they don't don't get lost in the portal. You know, if it's six hundred people going in that portal, not all six hundred people are going to get picked up. So don't be the guy that's without a place to play next season, you know, make sure that this is a well thought out plan. You at least have some interest from other teams that you, you can make it out the portal. But to me, if you're in a prestigious place, you know, and you're a young guy, junior or sophomore, freshman, something like that, I'd really advise you to, to go through an off season, you know, make sure that you're giving it everything you got, you know, make sure that you really trying your hardest to win that spot or get some playing time. And if it doesn't work out after that, then I would say, yes, you need to get in that portal because it's just not going to happen for you there. But a lot of people I think are scared of competition and run away from it, from a good situation and, and then cause themselves and look back on it later and be regretting the fact that they did that. That is the voice of Tyvis Powell, national champion defensive back at The Ohio State University, former safety of the NFL, current analyst on the Cleveland Browns radio network. You can hear him on ONN affiliate WBNS FM in Columbus and see him Saturdays in the fall on the Big Ten Network's Big Ten tailgate. Tyvis, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Go Bucks. go Brown. Thanks, Eric. Up next, we head south here in the Buckeye State. Paul Keels checks in on Cincinnati right here on the Ohio News Network. 
Bobby Carpenter once sold workout equipment on QVC Canada. There's no joke here. That actually happened. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekday starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's go to Paul Keels on the Ohio Sports Magazine, checking in on Cincinnati. It's our pleasure today to talk with James Rapine from the Locked on Bengals podcast, and we would encourage you to check it out if you have not done so. It's got a lot of great information. James, the Bengals now 5-6 and six after the Pittsburgh loss. I guess maybe what's a little frustrating about that one is given all of the handicaps the Bengals are dealing with, they still had a chance in this game. I did. There's no doubt about that. It was a game that, that felt there for the taking, and in some, in some ways they controlled it through the third quarter, and that interception that led to the Steelers' Uh, going downfield and taking their first lead, it, it kind of turned the game. And if, if Browning just takes care of that ball, they kick a field goal and extend their lead to seven, things might have been different. But there were uh, plenty of other plays on defense as well that, that uh, they left out there to be desired, I think, left something to be desired, so to speak. So it was uh, it was close, but no cigar for the Joe Burrowless Bengals against the Steelers. Speaking of Jake Browning, just your thoughts, James, on uh, what you saw from him in his first start. I think he, to me, he was deer in the headlights early on and then adjusted and you, you start to see it come together. That first drive of the third quarter, the throw to Chase uh, on the Steelers' sideline, it's just a perfect throw. You let your top player make a play on the football. But there there were far too many times where he held the ball and, and left plays out there. Andre Yosevash was open for a deep ball early in the game. That could have been a touchdown. He held it, and that was ultimately the, the strip sack where the Bengals recovered it, but T.J. Watt got to him. And there were other times where I just think his internal clock wasn't ready for what comes at you when you play a team like the Steelers. And that's fine. It was his first NFL start, sort of expected. Uh, so we'll see how he responds. I think this Monday game is a big a uh, big game for him to show that he can uh, be an NFL quarterback and be effective. James, how do you think this now affects the roles of guys like Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase? Well, I, I was pretty surprised that only eight rushing attempts and they only had 43 offensive plays. But it, it, let's start with Jamar Chase because the Bengals offense this year goes as Jamar Chase goes. He only had six targets. Teams are going to double-team him, whether T. Higgins is on the field or not. We know how dynamic he is. They do, too. And yet, I, I think that six targets, regardless of who's guarding him, is, is not enough. He needs to be in the double-digit targets. They have six games left. If he has anything less than 60 targets over the next six games, then it's um, it, it's not what you want, because you want to get the ball in, into your playmaker's hands, and he made plays. Heck, the way they found the ball, uh, or, or the way they were able to get the ball to him was deflections from the Steelers. Two of his catches came that way, and he turned them into big plays. So uh, I would expect him to be more involved this week. And then same thing goes for Joe Mixon. You, you just have to be able to run the ball more and run the ball more effectively. And whether that's them getting under center and not operating out of the shotgun as much, I think we could see that. But you have to be more effective with your rushing attack. Eight carries for 16 yards just isn't getting it done. James, you mentioned T. Higgins. Is his absence even greater now? No doubt, no doubt, because if you can use your biggest strength, and I think when they're healthy, wide receiver is their biggest strength of this offense, When you don't, especially when you don't have Joe Burrow, 
when you can lean on that, you could totally see the path to beating a team like the Steelers, who has uh, they have a good pass rush, but the secondary, especially without Minka Fitzpatrick, left something to be desired. Without T, it just makes it that much harder on everybody, from Tyler Boyd on down. And so uh, I think that the internally the Bengals are optimistic, so we'll see if, if T. Higgins can return this week. You mentioned the upcoming game, the Monday game with Jacksonville. That was one beginning of the season. Everybody looked at it, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. How do you look at it now, James? <laughs> Ooh, it's Well, it's... A bunch of different ways. It's obviously a must win if the Bengals are going to hang around and stick in that playoff hunt graphic that you see on TV and during games. Uh, for the rest of December, they have to start winning some games if they're going to be in that and remain in the hunt. And you're right, it's not nearly as appealing on paper, but this team can still be entertaining. I do believe that. Part of that might mean getting T. Higgins back. Part of that might mean tweaking the offense, being a bit more creative and, and taking some chances. But I, I watched the, the the Ryan Finley versus the Steelers, and, and I, I keep defaulting to that, what that 2020 season was like. I covered that Bengals team without Joe Burrow after he got injured. So this team certainly has more talent, and I, I think expectations are higher as well. Sounds good. James Rapine from the Locked on Bengals podcast. We always appreciate your time, James. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Paul. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Hey, folks, it's game day, and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. Adding a podiatrist to your healthcare team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our one affiliate, WBNS-TV in Columbus, has more. Haley Kirby, reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson, in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From the Ohio News Network. November is an ideal month to plant trees in Ohio because the soil is still warm, which reduces the transplant stress. Plus, trees require less water in November than in the heat of the summer, allowing roots to grow in the cooler temperatures. When planting trees, keep these tips in mind. Select trees that are zone hardy for where you plan to plant. Avoid planting trees that produce slip hazards like fruits and nuts close to sidewalks. And don't plant large trees near or under utility lines. To learn more about the November tree planting, contact an ISA certified arborist near you by going to trees4ohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000. Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. 
Call 614-470-2000. That's 614-470-2000. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. The Fan. The Fan. Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. It's the ultimate Cleveland sports show, and let's check in with our producer, Colin Berenger. Thanks, Matt. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys break down the Browns' defense and discuss how they can get back on track this weekend against the Rams. How do the Browns get back on track against the Rams, their defense in in particular? Because they didn't look like the Browns' defense, obviously because of some of the injuries, but what do they do? Well, obviously, hopefully a lot of them get healthier and come back, but I think you got to reassess it. You know, the one thing that, that stood out to me was the trap play, the runs. And it hasn't just been this game. They've been kind of leaky in the run game for over the past couple of games. Obviously, Jalen Warren had the big run. Baltimore ran the ball pretty decently. So that run game needs to be tweaked a little bit. Um, How do you do that? Well, how you do that is you gotta, first of all, you need, you gotta pray to God that Miles Garrett is healthy. That's, that's first sure. of all. Secondly, you gotta do better on leveraging ball, on leveraging the football. Let me say it You correct. think praying is gonna help, uh, <laughs> Miles Garrett get better? Jesus is not on the field. Could be. <laughs> could be. If there is a God, <laughs> I'm be. sure he has more important, or she has more important things to deal with. The football guy. Ah, okay. Football guys. All right, so yeah, so what you got to do is these guys got to do a better job, and it's not just the D line. It starts with the D line. Obviously, it's about gap integrity. These guys have to stay in their gaps. But when this ball hits the outside, because a lot of these plays are happening on the outside, particularly it was the zone read, which they struggle with all season. But I'm not even gonna go there right now. Is there a reason they struggle with that? Well, I watched some plays with McNuggets that I'm gonna break down a little bit uh, later. You know. In but week. yeah, in the week. But it Russell Wilson, first of all, is just he's smart. Different. Yeah, he he understands giving per- love to Russell. Yeah, Wilson. he understands personnel. <laughs> he understands what was going on, and he just made the right adjustments. So that's why he was successful with it. But that thing, right? When you see zone read, like I say, it's you have to have your responsibilities. Is somebody has to take the dive? Somebody got to be responsible for the quarterback, and the person that's responsible for the quarterback has to make sure that they quick enough to handle the quarterback to get them. Yeah, right. So, well, that's, that's not an issue. That now you're playing a savvy veteran quarterback this week, but unlike Russell Wilson, he ain't. No, he's not going to right. right. get out on the outside. <laughs> but Kyron Williams had a really monster. He's game been last phenomenal. Week. But great. he's one of those guys that finds a crease and he likes to get to the outside. So our linebackers have to stop going under these blocks. That's what happens a lot of the times. Uh, we don't have the size, so we go under blocks and use our speed to get around. 
Sometimes it works, but a lot of the times when it doesn't, you leave that seam. He hit that sideline and it's gone. We got to leverage that football, whether that's the linebackers, the nickels, or the corners. Everybody has to leverage the ball and send it back inside. If it gets outside, he's gone because there's nobody there. See that right there? He gets to the sideline, nobody's there. So you got to do everything you can to keep that ball on the inside shoulder and send it back in. That's one of the main things that I see as a problem. What's amazing is nobody heard of Kyron Williams before the season. No, they didn't. No, I'm no, so glad I picked him up in fantasy. In my other amazing. league, he's carrying me to a. That's what I. Yeah, that's what he's doing to he's, me right here. In our league, in our league, do you have him in our league? Yeah, in our do league, you? he just put a backpack on. He forty, me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, forty on Sunday. Yeah, so yeah, the Browns yeah. will have their hands full. Yeah. I find it interesting that you said. That because the undersized linebackers, that's why they're going underneath. Yeah, is this something that you can coach into guys? Is it their instincts? You really are, are you? Do you have to tell them to be less aggressive on certain plays? No, you don't want. You don't never want a player to be less aggressive. But the thing is, and JOK was a perfect example. You know, he's one of those guys that. He's so athletic that he goes under blocks. And I was the same way. When I was a young player, I would either foot fake the guy or go under and use my speed. It wasn't until I got older that I realized that using your hands is what gives you longevity in this career. Your arms is long. If you can get your arms extended off, you can push them and pull them to the side and get where you need to be. They call it two-gapping. You get there, you see where the guy's at, you throw him away, you shed him to the side, and then you go make the play. Maybe guys don't do that because in the linebacker position, you're dealing with 300-pound sure. guys, so that's harder to do. But if you can get that extension, you, you really got to like drop your chest down and really get some extension and throw them off. You'll be much more yeah. successful in it. But right now, they, with being 200, 220 at linebacker going up against a 300 guy, it's I tough. understand why they do what they do. Yeah. But the thing, I mean, it, there's a pattern here. The Browns' defense, when they have struggled, it's mostly been against teams that have – Mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. Right? I mean, and that gives them another thing to look yes. at. Yes. Well, well, Kenny Pickett didn't run. Jalen Warren just got that one run. Right. Ravens. Yeah. But they didn't struggle against the Steelers. They gave up one big play in, in each both game. games. They gave up a 75 yard really play. Struggled. That was half their yardage. They struggled against Colts when Minshew was running a lot, struggled against the Ravens defensively because Lamar, and then they struggled this past week against Denver. This week, you don't have to worry about that. Now, and their passing game, I don't know. Listen, Kyron Williams is is a is a fine for them, and he's been great yeah. when he's been healthy. <laughs> and they've been good. They've been a decent team when he's been healthy. They've won two in a row. They have lost. They did lose three in a row, and I think four or five before that. And he missed most of those games. Their passing game is not great right now. Uh, Cooper Cup's not the same player anymore. He's been injured on and off all season. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been put. But up the Nakua fine was big for them. He too. was, but he's cooled off since early in the season. He hasn't been as as big since then. And Matthew Stafford at this point, he's not special anymore. He's he's just a guy. And I I, I think ultimately it's going to come down. And those are ridiculous numbers. For I was the about to say he almost got a thousand. It's amazing. Well, but, to, but the but first the point, he four, went nuts the first four or five weeks, he did. and he has pulled down <laughs> yeah. some. He's still fine. But he still but had nice numbers. <laughs> crazy pace he was well. No, there's tape on him now, and guys know what he's going to do. I mean, the key is just, you know, Matthew Stafford, if you get pressure on him, it's a problem because he cannot, he is he can't totally escape. immobile yeah. there. And the question is, will Miles Garrett be a, in good enough shape for this game? Because I think we all assume he's going to play. Like, if he can play, he's going to play. That's I agree. Who the hell he is. The question is, will he be effective enough to cause the havoc to make Stafford uncomfortable? And outside of last week, the Rams have had a hard time converting in the red zone. To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network.
Monday Night Football on the fan. Catch the Bengals as they head to Jacksonville to battle the Jags. Live coverage starts Monday night at 8. Sponsored by Roosters. A fun casual joint. Your radio home of the NFL. The fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. That'll put a wrap on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Our thanks again to my guest, Dave Holmes of WBNS 10 TV in Columbus. Thanks as well to our Locked On contributions this week. Now for Paul Keels and Eric Reeser, along with our producer, Colin Berenger, I'm Matt Andrews. We'll have a new show for you next week right here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM 